Thank you for downloading a sermon from the Chapel of the Cross. The Chapel of the Cross is a welcoming, growing, and historic Episcopal Church in Madison, Mississippi. I hope you will join us on Sundays for worship at 7.30 a.m., 8.45 a.m., 11 a.m., and 5 p.m., with Sunday school for all ages at 10 a.m. I also invite you to connect with the chapel online at chapelofthecrossms.org. Again, thank you for downloading this sermon. We pray it will enrich your walk with Christ. God bless you, and we look forward to welcoming you and your family to the Chapel of the Cross. Holy and loving God, write a message on our hearts, bless us, direct us, and send us out living letters of the word. Amen. Please be seated. If you were here last Sunday and remember Will's fine sermon, and I'm sure you were and do, I want to use two points that he made last week as a launching pad for my thoughts today. One about how we are called, and one about which reading the preacher may preach on. Don't worry if you weren't here or don't remember, you won't be lost. The latter point first. Will spoke last week about preaching on the Old Testament, and how often that was an escape mechanism for the preacher when the gospel or the epistle is especially challenging or nasty. I will not be using that tactic today. Did you hear the Old Testament? It is quite something. But we will incorporate those verses, all of those verses, into our machinations this morning. But second, and much more importantly, I want to talk about call. Will spoke quite compellingly last week about call and how we are all called to a particular ministry in the church, in the body of Christ. By the way, please don't tell him all these nice things I said about him when he comes back from paternity leave. I don't want him to get a big hit. But I do want to further develop and think about our call and consider for a moment the consequences of call. For call, regardless of how big or small, has consequences. Personally, professionally, financially, psychologically, spiritually and in countless other ways. Like a pebble in a pond, our call has ripple effects that can touch all of the kingdom of God. So let us begin. Let us begin with that fascinating reading from the Old Testament, the story of the call of the prophet Isaiah. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lofty, Seraphs were in attendance above him. Each had six wings. With two they covered their faces, and with two they covered their feet, and with two they flew. And one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. You might remember that line from somewhere else. Every Sunday morning, during the Eucharistic prayer, we repeat those words. For we believe that in the Eucharist, we receive a foretaste of this very scene before God's heavenly throne in which we will see in person when we cross that crystal sea. 
So obviously this scene is quite fantastic and Isaiah responds in a very human way. He says, woe is me. I am lost. I am a man of unclean lips and I live among a people of unclean lips. And yet my eyes have seen the Lord of hosts. Isaiah is not only understandably afraid at the fanciful scene before him, but he believes he is about to die, for he has seen the face of God. But a seraph comes to his rescue, takes a coal from God's altar, flies and touches his mouth, and says, now that you, now that this has touched your lips, your guilt has departed and your sin is blotted out. And then we hear the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who shall go for us? And Isaiah, like a naive Frodo breaking the silence of the council of Elrond, says, Here I am. Send me. And that could be the end of the story. A magical and wonderful story about a simple person being plucked from obscurity brought to the creator of the universe and given a specific mission to give voice to the Lord's concerns among his beloved daughters and sons. And we, hearing Isaiah's tale thousands of years later, we can be inspired by the same. Send me when we encounter a need in our broken world. But then, then reality sets in. And reality has a pesky tendency of being very real. God instructs Isaiah to tell humanity that cities will lie in waste without inhabitant and houses without people and the land is utterly desolate until the Lord sends everyone far away and vast is the emptiness in the midst of the land. Fun! God is speaking of the eventual captivity of the Jewish people in Babylon 700 years before Christ. And that historical context makes these frightening verses a little more palatable. But still, it sounds like someone woke up on the wrong side of the universe. For call, as much as we celebrate call, as much as we honor call, as much as we want to support our fellows call, Today, for example, we will pray for the our diocese of Mississippi's Honduras medical mission, which is right now, as we speak, on the ground in Honduras, doing amazing work among the people there. But call can be hard. Call can change our lives. Call can change our bottom line. Call can make others look at us funny or result in uncomfortable conversations. Call is not easy. Listen to Simon in today's gospel. He has been fishing all night. He is exhausted. His hands are tired. He has zilch to show for his efforts. It's like driving home from work one day and thinking to yourself, I got nothing done today. And here comes this Jesus. And he says to Simon, put out in the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answers, and you can hear his eyes rolling as he speaks. Master, we have worked all night long and have caught nothing. Yet if you say so, I will let down the nets. 
And when they do so, they catch so many fish that the nets begin to break. And it is a miracle. But what does Simon do? Does he get excited? Does he celebrate? Does he form a committee to discuss how we can best deploy this Jesus and his obvious prolific resources? No, Simon Peter falls down on his face and says to Jesus, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. In other words, no, I don't want to be called. I can't handle this. I can't comprehend being part of something so wonderful, so earth-changing. I just can't. I'd rather be a failure. I I can understand failure. I don't understand being a success. Does that sound familiar? Do we say the same things? I know I do. Do we hide from the possibility of miraculous success and instead cling to tangible mediocrity? What is holding us back? Will Willimon, the former Methodist bishop of North Alabama once wrote, Our culture is built on the fear of death. That explains our health care system, our economy, our government, Gold's Gym, and all the rest. I am now fond of saying that this culture is built on an even greater fear, the threat of being raised from the dead. Following Christ and hearing Christ's voice when he calls is about more than just being called. And being called is about even more than responding to God's call. When we are called, we are called to have faith that we will succeed. And that is deeply frightening. Just ask Isaiah, or Simon Peter, or Dietrich Bonhoeffer, or Rosa Parks. But as we continue to contemplate how we are called, Pray also that we have the faith and the vision to see that call come to its fruition. Do not be afraid, as Jesus said, for we live in an Easter world and with God anything is possible. Not only are we called, but we are called to believe that we will succeed. Amen.